Hey, everyone. This is Chris Ryan from The Ringer. As many of you have heard by now, we lost a treasured colleague and friend over the weekend. Jonathan Charks passed away on Saturday. John was 34. He leaves behind a wife and a son, and we are obviously mourning his loss and sending all of our love to his family right now. If you go to theringer.com slash Jonathan Charks, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-T-J-A-R-K-S, you will find a memorial page for John, which has links to his GoFundMe that benefits his family and the amazing writing he did throughout his experience. I encourage you to go there, and if you can, please support the Charks family. Briefly, I will just say that John was among the first people that we hired to work for The Ringer, so he was instrumental in defining the voice and perspective of the site. He has as much to do with what this place is as anyone else. And throughout his experience with cancer, John communicated eloquently about the challenges he was facing, both through his writing and his podcasting. You could never stop John from talking about his passions. It's one of the things I loved about him. Over the last few months, you know, whenever we would talk, whenever I would reach out to see how he was doing, I would try to keep it very John-focused. And the next thing I knew, we would be talking about James Harden or Better Call Saul. He really loved this stuff. Uh, he loved talking about it, celebrating it, debating it, illuminating it. We're going to keep putting out our pods and writing while we grieve, but we wanted to let folks know that John was in our hearts and that his family was in our thoughts. Thanks for listening. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. What's happening, gentlemen? What's going on, Jay? Jay? Uh, you know, same old, same old. Just uh, sitting over here, figuratively, 
smoking on that 49ers pack. Jesse Lopez, you got some <laughs> motherfucking explaining to yeah, do, bro. my man. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, I, I hate to start week one like this on your long journey to the playoffs, whether it be with Jimmy Garoppolo or with Trey Lance, but my God, the 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 gifted one, the the offensive genius, the you know, the 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 reason why, the reason why nepotism is celebrated in the NFL currently. Kyle Shanahan, ladies and gentlemen, that that shit that rolled up to Soldier Field in a monsoon was as weird a football game and a football team, I should say, that I've seen in a very, very long time. You got some dude whose last name, last name sound like a Puerto Rican delicacy in, <laughs> at the safety position, making every single play. Like, what was his name? Mufungo? What's, what's my man's name? Yeah, Hufunga. Hafunga, yeah, that man, it was Ed Reed back there running around wearing number 29 disguised as a San Francisco 49er. Other than that, that entire thing, watching that game from the beginning, and by the way, welcome back, football. Like, I, people don't realize, I think, what a city, what a win does for this city and how people feel about Chicago Bears nationally, Right. They know this is a Bears town and people love to talk about the Bears. People love to to uh, commiserate about the Bears. But man, when this team wins, people walk over the, the city of broad shoulders. They get a little bit broader. Right. Like even for me personally, this week was a little trying this weekend. I should say it was a little trying. Right. But at 1145, I was like, oh, the Bears game is coming on. This is the other thing. I got to get my Bears game routine down because, you know, I'm not in midseason form. Like I was, you know, I took a I took a late shower right up against kickoff. That was that was a bad thing. You want to be nice and planted right where you need to be in your watching station. I I, I did not have my snack situation set up. You know, I messed around after the game, went looking for a, a Mr. Submarine sandwich. I pulled up on the one on Fullerton. They was closed at like three something. I'm like, how are you closed at three something on a Sunday? So I'm still in preseason form when it comes to Bears football. But the city is buzzing because the Bears are 1-0. And shout out to my same game parlay because if it wasn't a monsoon, I'd have got it. Right? I, I had the six and a half. I, I, I had, uh, what else did I have? Oh. Bears, you know, was it fields with 200 plus yards? Obviously, he didn't get that. It was 121. And I had the under. There was no way in hell those two teams were going to combine for 42 points. And boy, did they say, you know what, Jay? I'll make sure that you don't even have to worry about this total at all. But that is the most exotic. And this is where I think we should start tonight, Tony and Jess. That's the most exotic run game in all of football. And what they did was the, the Bears defense bent but it never broke. And with all the young players that are playing on the defensive side of football, especially uh, this game, Allen Williams, and for all we've heard during training camp and this offseason uh, since Matty Bufloos was signed as the head coach and Allen Williams was designated the defensive coordinator was that Allen Williams was going to be able to run the defense that he wanted to run, obviously, with Matty Bufloos' um, you know, character with it, you know, the things that Eberflus did in Indianapolis, you know, sprinkle that in, but allow Allen Williams to play this defense and call this defense the way he wanted to. That defense was disciplined as hell. Like, even within the spots where they aren't as talented, they they made up for it in staying in their gaps. Like, 
Everybody understands their run fits in a 4-3 defense. I was listening to my man Alex Brown talk about it on the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago. He's like, I love a 4-3 defense. There's no hiding in it. You, you, you either get in your gap and fill it and take care of your business or you don't. And if you don't, you're going to look horrible. Right. Not with the 34 front. You can mug the gaps. You can do little things. You can uh, bring guys down. You can drop linebackers in the coverage Four three defense. We got four guys coming after you and the back seven needs to cover. And that's exactly what the Bears did. Now, I'll say this. Trey Lance. There's some stuff there. But boy, does he hold on to the football. And Justin Fields did this last year as well. And he did it during parts of this game as well. But man, does he hold on? There, there were a bunch of points, I think, out there that Trey Lance didn't take advantage of, especially uh, there was a goal-to-go situation where the slant was open, and you saw it on the television. You didn't even need the all-22. You see it on the television, you're like, hey, man, let go of the ball, bro. <laughs> they want the ball. <laughs> let go of the ball and let somebody make a play. But the moment Elijah Samuel went out, the, the 49ers running back also, uh, my fantasy football teams. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. I'm sorry, Elijah Mitchell. Uh, the moment he went out, the whole thing changed because Debo Samuel, who came, we talked about it in the pod. Debo Samuel, who came into this season, like, hey guys, uh, that whole running the football eight, nine times a game thing, let's let's kind of cut that out if I'm gonna get paid like a wide receiver. Guess what? <laughs> Elijah got hurt. They're like, hey, Debo, <laughs> you and Trey are going to be the run game from here on out. Shout out to the field. Oh my God. I, anybody who went to that game, because I the, all the tailgates got washed out. And anybody who went to that game. God bless you. You know, I know it's I know it's fun to go to an early September football game before the cold and the frost and the snow sets in. But boy, have I been I've never been more comfortable sitting on a couch in a dry home and watching a football game than what I saw out there. Like it was you forget monsoon, it was tsunami type shit going on out there. The standing puddles of water. Shout out to the Bermuda grass or whatever the hell they got out there now at Soldier Field. Yeah, uh, your first game, you get a monsoon. You get you get the you get the 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 hell the 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 the, wor- the worst weather that I think we've seen in what? 5 6 7 years? Like we've seen some weird weather games in, in Chicago, but when you have to play not only in rain, but in sliding rain and rain that, you know, you got to chop your feet a little bit more because you want to keep your, you know, you want to keep your feet under, you want to keep your legs under you. That, you know, th- that was a- another thing. The equipment staff, shout out to Tony Medlin, T-Med, and the coat drive. Uh, he-, he was out there. You could tell that the Bears were a little bit more sure and understanding not only of the conditions, but they were able to make those adjustments. I, I-, I feel better when the Bears win. You, I know people out there do as well. Uh, this team, though, and I know this is, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade. This team isn't good, right? But the things that we can count on is that this team is going to be disciplined, hopefully. This team is going to be motivated because a lot of the people that were here the last two years aren't here anymore. The Danny Trevathans of the world, the Khalil Macks of the world, the Akeem Hicks of the world. And while those guys were terrific players in their own right, after a while, it starts to, the, the, the comfort level starts to set in. And when the records start to go the other way and the comfort still is what it is, like, if you look at the targets offensively, the wide receivers, you know, we talked about it. Brian Pringle, right? Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis with the, the big play off of the scramble by uh, Justin Fields. Those aren't household names, but there's not a lot of guys on this team who can afford 
to not give it their all, who can afford to not be disciplined, who can afford not to play hard. Like, I mentioned it last year. I, I don't know how many games, I talked about it after the game, where I just didn't see Allen Robinson running. I just didn't see Allen Rob. I saw Allen Robinson giving up on plays. And that can't happen. So for whatever we're going to see that, that doesn't have the talent to it in terms of this roster, and there are going to be certain plays where you're like a more talented player would have made that play. For all those things that we will see throughout this year, what I think you can't see, and, and frankly, what, what Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles can't allow is for people to not try hard and for people to not rally to the football, and for people to not play with a certain enthusiasm yet discipline that you hope young teams who are in rebuild mode have to play with. Because that's, that's really the wins throughout the season. I know the Bears are 1-0, and I'm happy they're 1-0. They sit at top division with, with uh, the Minnesota Vikings right now, getting ready to go face off on Sunday Night Football with the Green Bay Packers. Like a big game comes at you the next week, right, on primetime television. So you got to show and prove. And of course, the, the I own you shit that Aaron Rodgers spouted off is going to live forever until you start beating him regularly. And we'll get into what the Packers look like and how gettable they might be. But everything I thought might happen or would happen because I thought this, this 49ers team was flawed in a lot of different ways. And if you're going to snatch, you're going to snatch somebody's soul, it's got to be in week one, especially if you're, you're the underdog that the Bears are. Because one, you ain't going to get no healthier going forward. And two, you're putting stuff on tape. And, and speaking of putting stuff on tape, I don't know what the hell happened in the first half of this football game, but apparently Luke Getze was like, you know, let's just run the Matt Nagy shit for a little while, and then we'll drop it on their head in the second half. Like a little, like, you know how you get a, 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 like a, 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 like a flash release from your favorite artist? All of a sudden, you look in your phone, it's like, hey, I didn't know he was releasing an album. <laughs> Luke Getze went out there with, with the, the one, two, three, drop back, <laughs> get sacked offense. And then in the second half, it's like, hey, hey, you know what? All that shit they was talking about, moving the pocket, you know, I, I did that this preseason. Let's, let's do that in the second half. I don't want to see, and the word pocket should be removed from the Bears' vocabulary, in fact, Chicagoans' vocabulary for the rest of this season. Uh, if you're out here watching people's money, pocket watching, I can't have it. If you're out of pocket in these streets, you know what's going to happen to you <laughs> when it comes to the Chicagoland area. You know, uh, what other pocket words can we ban? Because I don't ever want to see Justin Fields in a pocket three passes in a row again. When Justin Fields is outside of the pocket, when the launch angle changes, Shit happens. Whether it be good shit, bad shit, the novel concept of moving him, the naked bootlegs, hell, the, the waggles, all the things that we saw not only in the preseason, but some of the stuff that we saw him be successful with last year, that has to apply. That has to apply. Like, you don't have the studs in front of him to just play drop-back football. And let's face it. Justin Fields might not be able to play drop, just straight drop-back football right now either. Uh, the interception he threw, and, and I was tweeting about it when it was happening, the interception he threw was in a 2-2, two, two, was it Hufunga, Mufasa, Mufongo? He threw it to a team meeting. <laughs> like, like, like you had a 49ers secondary meeting back there. All they needed was the clipboards and the replay machine and a coach screaming at them. Because that's what he did. He threw it to a team meeting, and there's a couple, and there was a drop pick that happened uh, later in the game as well. 
Like, Justin Fields had him. I thought he played well. Don't get me wrong. But there were two or three plays where you're like, ah, you can't have that. And this team isn't good enough for those two or three plays to exist right now. The margin for error offensively is none for a young quarterback, unfortunately. And it's the only sport, it's the only sport where the most important player is protected by a wall of men. Right. Like you don't see LeBron or Kevin Durant. You know, you can't build a wall around them so they can score. Yeah, you can screen and everything, but, you know, you can match up and do things with that. Baseball, other than the catcher, the most important player on the on the field at the time is the pitcher. He starts all the action. Everybody's either parallel to him or behind him. This is the only sport where you get to put a wall of people in front of the most important person. Well, guess what? That wall has to move. That wall got to move because Justin Fields showed you exactly what he is throughout this game. You had the, the, the bad mistake, the poor decision. Then you had the accuracy at times. Then you had the t- I was really enthused about the touch that he put on a lot of those passes. You know, hitting Kyle Griffin for the toe tap for a four-yard gain to make it second and six. Like, the little things that he did. The moving around back there and shovel passing it to David Montgomery so David Montgomery could spring it for a first down. Like, that guy on the move is kind of like Yoan Mankata at third base for the White Sox. And yes, the White Sox still exist. I, I am acknowledging them in this moment. It will be the last time they are acknowledged in this podcast. But Yoan Mankata is a pretty decent third baseman. He's on the move. He's one of the best fielding third basemen in the game. There's certain guys when things are a little hairy and things are off schedule, you know, they become artists in their own right. I think Justin Fields has a lot of that in him and to build up that confidence for those dropbacks, those straight dropbacks and those more traditional plays, you got to get this guy moving and you got to get your offense moving. And the run game, let, let's, let's key in on the run game here for a second too. Shout out to Luke Getze for understanding who the hot hand was. You know, when you have this zone, this outside zone run scheme, is it is it different? Is it, uh, you know, we, we just think a running back gets the ball and you find the hole and you keep it moving. Well, guess what? Some guys' vision at full speed while they're thinking is a lot different than others. And I'm not saying that's the case with David Montgomery, but it was a noticeable different difference in the way that he was hitting the line of scrimmage and the way that Khalil Herbert was. Now you can say, hey, maybe, and I'll go back and look at the game. I'll watch the game, uh, you know, Monday, so we can kind of go over this thing again on Tuesday with whoever we talk to about it. But it seemed as if, and I don't know if it's because of formation-wise, if Khalil Herbert got a lot more shotgun snaps, whatever the case may be. A lot of off-tackle stuff maybe for David Montgomery. But it seemed like Khalil Herbert, Every time he got the ball, was slamming it into the line of scrimmage. And David Montgomery seemed to be dancing a little bit or trying to figure out where he should go. Now, mind you, David Montgomery didn't have a lot of preseason action, got a whole bunch of snaps in that final preseason game. But Khalil Herbert is one of the reasons, like if we're talking about game balls and all that other stuff, like Allen Williams definitely gets one. I think Khalil Herbert gets one on the offensive side of the football, right? And shout out to the offensive line who in the second half came together. They started moving piles. They started doing what they needed to do. Now, Braxton Holmes, I'm going to go back and watch the game again, like I said. But from what I saw in the first watch, Braxton Holmes is going to need some help. Not Braxton. Am I saying Braxton Holmes? Braxton Jones. Shout out to Lawrence Holmes' brother, by the way. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that that Braxton Holmes doesn't need, need any help. <laughs> I'm talking about the Bears' left tackle, rookie out of Southern Utah, I believe it is, Braxton Jones. Yeah, my bad. Braxton Holmes doesn't need any help. That's my main man. But yeah, they're going to have to put a tight end on the side of him, maybe extend that edge a little bit. Like, Nick Bosa could have had a monster game. A monster game. I thought the offensive line fared well, though. And you found your mix, interchangeable pieces at right guard. You saw different times in there with Patrick and Jenkins and those dudes. But in the end, what 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 I I say wrong, Tony? You gave me the face just now. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at these these game stats, and the Bears should not have won this game. But they at all, (laughs) at all, the San Francisco 49ers flew to Chicago and (laughs) gift wrapped a game for the Chicago Bears. Now, my they took advantage of it, but. 12 penalties? 12 penalties for a coach who is, you know, we can't wait to get these sideline shots when a great call is made or a great challenge is made. But, hey, you know, treat, hey, as Michael Irvin once said, I want the same intensity when you talk about it next time. Treat, treat Kyle Shanahan the way everybody else gets treated when you got guys making inexcusable mistakes. Personal foul after personal foul, pre-snap penalties. I mean, the most ridiculous penalty, I don't even say ridiculous, but the one that I've never, ever, ever seen in my life was the towel penalty that happened to the Chicago Bears. Shout out to Trenton Gill. First game, first professional game. <laughs> yeah, of course, of the of the kicking gills, you know. Yeah. Not of the not of the broadcasting gills like I got Tony is, right? But I'm sitting there like uh, why is there a flag on the field? And then they replay it and show you that Cairo Santos is like, hey man, put a little rug down there on the on the on the on the plant foot right there. Where I'm gonna land that plant foot, dry that off for me, baby. You know what I mean? Like he he was like a pimp named Slipback. Like, hey, come on now, get that get that mud off my shoes, baby. We we about to try to get three out here. And that was a huge play, by the way, because that goes from your opportunity to put points on the board in a game that you knew points were gonna be so valuable, right? That goes from that attempting a long field goal to now punting. And the Bears' starting field position for the first quarter and a half, two quarters of this game was ridiculous. I kept taking screenshots uh, of the game broadcast because I couldn't believe some of the stats that I was seeing up there. Like, we're talking about end of the first quarter, the average starting field position for, for the San Francisco 49ers was their own 43. The average starting field position for the Bears was their 12. Starting inside their 20 on average, inside their 15 on average. An offense that you can't ask to go 50 yards. Nevertheless, go 88 yards to score a touchdown. Yeah, but man. they held it down. Yeah, they they held this one down. I'm, I had to make sure that I, I watched the game. I had to make sure that I was looking at the right game stats. The Niners out, uh, out yarded them, out passed them, yeah. out rushed them. Yards per play, more first downs. Um, better third down efficiency, uh, more plays. They allowed the same amount of sacks. The Bears punted more. It was just the penalties. Time of possession, Niners. It was just, they had 100, almost 100, 99 yards worth of penalties. This wild. And on top of it, the turnovers. Right? Like, the turnovers matter. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Lance Briggs. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. I'm going to say this. I, in the draft, wanted the Bears to find a wide receiver, maybe like a wide receiver, you know, maybe a tackle, you know, to help number one back there, who's your franchise quarterback. They went out and got a corner and a safety in the big, at the top of the draft. And boy, did those two dudes play. Juwan Jennings got Kyler Gordon, you know, up the sideline, thought he had safety help, a little bit more safety help than he did. That's his fault. But then he came back and run. And, and played terrific defense against the run. Kyler Gordon was out there being as physical as anybody. And Jaquan Brisker, like, <laughs> that dude is a hammer. Yeah, I look at him like one of those dudes where it's like, hey, man, let's get as many years out of this kind of dude as possible because he is reckless as hell, coming with a whole bunch of angry shit every time to the party. Like, that's the dude who pull up to the party like, oh, shit, Jaquan here. You know what I mean? Like every every time there was a pile, that dude was jumping in it. Every time there was, you know, anytime he was in the box, he was always close to the football. And, and you know, Jalen Johnson punching out the football. And, I, I, you know, the term peanut punch is just, you know, overused at this point. It's like, all right, guys, it's a forced fumble. You feel me? Like, I got you. And it was cool when Madden put it in as one of their, like, you know, attributes and all that. But it's a forced fumble. All right. I don't like saying the peanut punch. It's just, I don't know. It's kind of lame to me. But that's his legacy. Sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, he had a great career. I'm not, no, it's nothing against Charles Tillman. I just, the, the term is just, you know, I don't know. But Jaquan Brisker is the recipient of being around the football, gets a, gets a fumble recovery. Like, Everything that Matt Eberflus said he was going to do in terms of install and foundational stuff and, and kind of just building the floor first on this team, you saw a lot of that in this first game against the 49ers. Bears are not a better team than the 49ers, but the weather changed and what they practiced and worked on did. That's what happened out there. If you go, if you fly to the football, an, another, you know, cliche, <laughs> but if you fly to the football, good things going to happen. And if you try to run the ball, that's the other thing that I appreciate. Luke Getze not abandoning the run because it wasn't yielding a lot of fruit. Like it wasn't the, the first half. There, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of meat on the bone for the run game. They were getting exactly what they were supposed to get, but he kept doing it. And he kept trying because he was setting stuff up for the second half. And on top of it, you had to stay on schedule. It was a, it was a, a couple of third and nines there in that first half where I'm like, you can look down on that play card all you want, but third and nine from your own 22, ain't a lot of plays for that. And I thought the booze were going to start to rain down at some point because of how bad that first half was offensively. But it, it, I, I felt like there was an overall, especially on the timeline on Twitter, I felt like there was an overall understanding from Bears fans of, okay, this is what this year is going to be. So let's see, let's see what kind of quote-unquote culture shows up. And what they did was they didn't beat themselves outside of the interception. 
and the extra points. And and even for the extra points, like you're gonna have to kick in bad weather. But I heard my guy Pat Manley, long what, longest tenured Chicago Bear of all time, right? 16, 17 seasons like that. Heard Pat Manley talking about you don't get games like this, but once every half decade in terms of weather. So, yeah, Cairo Santos missed two extra points, especially the first one I thought was going to come back to bite him because 14-10 is a lot different than 13-10. You know, you, you got to force them to score. You got to force them to score a touchdown to go ahead. But all in all, I, Bears fans should be enthused. Bears fans should be ready for this team to have some issues because they're there. They're there. That offensive line played well in the second half, but I think I think Braxton Jones, I'm, like I said, I'm going to go back and watch this game again. I think there's going to be some trouble on the on the horizon. He's he's got I mean, he's a rookie. He's playing left tackle, one of the toughest positions not only in the NFL but in all the sports. You're playing against dudes who all they got to do is go get the quarterback. That's that's their only responsibility. And I was surprised that Nick Bosa didn't wreak more havoc. Speaking of uh, playing against dudes whose only responsibility is to get the quarterback. Shout out to Dominique Robinson. This is a dude who we talked about in the preseason, uh, a converted wide receiver, playing defensive line now, play wide receiver in, in college. The dude is lean, but that bend that he gets is something. And I mentioned Mike McGlinchey in the last podcast and, and, and how you were supposed to test that quad out early and often. This dude missed a lot of time last year. They got three new starters on that offensive line. I was surprised that that number was what it was, especially with the reshuffling of the 49ers offensive line. You got a new quarterback back there. I know Trey Lance played last year, but this is his year. This was his coming out party. This is his team now, even though Jimmy Garoppolo is on the bench with $7 million with the possibility of it being 16. That thing, Jesse, what, what are 49ers fans feeling right now one game into what is now the Trey Lance era, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo as his backup. Well, the penalties did have a big part of that just because it's, you shot yourself in the foot a lot. You said it was a lot of dumb penalties. That's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be making those penalties. You're, you're better than that. But like you said, Trey Lance did see, did see some kind of flashes in Trey Lance. He Mm -hmm. did hold the ball a lot. So for me, I'm not mad for everything I've seen, like on Twitter and what stuff. It's been just that, like you know, it's, it was a weird game. Like I text my friend too, who's a 49er fan. I was like, "This is a weird fucking game." Yeah, super crazy. Like, everything was off, but it's. I'm happy for the Bears because you know everything leading up to here was was kind of like, oh well, here we go again. What's gonna happen with Fields? Did he get enough? Is he gonna have enough? And they completely turned it around the second half. Like they look like a different team. Like I yeah. kudos to them. Like I, I don't know what they did or what Lou Getzey or Matt Eberflus said to them or didn't at halftime, but it worked because they they shut out the 49ers the second half. They were a completely different team. Yeah, and they stayed on schedule. There's something to you know. Trenton Gill, I thought had a terrific game at the punting position. You know, he, only, he had one touchback, but he knocked he hit one inside the twenty. This was a field position game, like I mentioned earlier. This was a field position game the entire game. What was he at 46, 47 yards per punt? Like he was he was flipping the field for him. So Trenton Gill played well, special teams-wise. Guys made tackles. Dante Pettis, I think, fielded a couple of punts inside the 10, and I was like, all right, be careful. That was his revenge game, ball. too. He was a former 49er. Yeah, I know. High, high I know. draft pick, too. Yeah, Dante. <laughs> hey, listen, scramble drill. 
scramble drill, make yourself available. Justin Fields keeps the play alive, which is going to be the theme, I think, of this season because he's going to have to scramble. He's going to have to keep plays alive. He's going to have to execute with his eyes down the field. He found Dante Pettis on his only target for 51 yards and a touchdown. And it wasn't just an easy catch and run either. Like, he had to, he had to scoop. He had to get he had, he had to get a good block too. Yep. Yeah, he got a terrific block. By the way, Equinemia St. Brown was out here destroying people. Destroying people on the on the offensive end. The wide receivers that block, hey, sign me up every time. Now, all they need now is to get the wide receivers who can get open. Because whatever happened with Darnell Mooney in this first game, uh, whether it was a whole bunch of cloud coverage, I saw I saw Kyle Shanahan's defense in a in a lot of cover three. Like, and they they were allowed in that first half. I'm glad you mentioned that, Jess. It would have been a dereliction of duty to pull the safeties more than 10 yards off the line of scrimmage in that first half. All the 49ers had to do was allow the Bears to do whatever they want to do in front of them, tackle them, and get off the field. And that's exactly what they did. There, there was no intermediate passing game at the beginning of this game. But they stuck with it. And they, they switched some things up in the second half. You know, the whole halftime adjustments thing, like we, we like to say that as fans and all that. But if people are working on things, especially in the first week of the season for two months for this first week, yeah, if things go haywire, you don't just go into the, to the halftime locker room and say, hey, by the way, we're going to scrap everything we did the last two months and start drawing up shit in the sand. You have too many young players and too young a quarterback. But the adjustments that we did see was, okay, we're going to, modify some things. We're going to recalibrate this offense a little bit. We're going to make sure that we're getting out of the pocket a little bit more in the second half. And they ran the football with more effectiveness in the second half because of it, I think, too. You had the 49ers going laterally instead of going north and south. When Fred Warner and those dudes, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a defensive line. That's a hell of a defense. You know, Eric Armstead, you know, Javon Kinlaw got hurt during the game, but I mean, that's, that's a load. That's a load in the front of that front seven of that defense. And who was it? My man's number seven, the corner for uh for the four. Uh, Ward. Ward. Something Ward. Ward. Yeah, Charverius Ward. That man is very handsy. I was surprised he didn't get called for more penalties in that game. Like there could have easily been three more penalties on him just alone. I know there's an emphasis this year of just letting guys play on the perimeter and giving the game back to the corners and safeties a little bit. But from what I saw, Bears beat a talented team that I think is going to find itself by the end of the season. But this is one of those wins where it's like, ah, you know, it's all right. It's okay to feel good about a win. You know, we yeah, this, this was this was the one to get. Yeah, yeah, because you're not going to get healthier as the season goes along. That's that that depth is going to show, or lack thereof is going to show itself especially on both both lines of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line. David Montgomery, you hope, is going to run the football better. You hope Justin Fields, if he does make a mistake, you know, he gives up a one-run homer instead of a grand slam, right? Like, like you can't compound mistakes. You can't, and, and he didn't. He threw that ball, like I said, into that team meeting. And after that, we saw Justin Fields not only be a little bit more accurate, but, you know, take the cheese, man. You ain't got to eat the whole sandwich. Just take the cheese every once in a while. Drop that thing off. Get four yards. Get five yards. Get six yards. We're not worried about yards per attempt just yet for him. And the the understanding post-game, I thought, was outstanding because he was talking, about, and Dave Wanstead mentioned this as well. He was talking about, especially on the, on the play that Equinemius St. Brown scored, 
He had the crossing route, the drag route open. So Equinemius St. Brown gets a corner route after a, a drag step block where he fakes a block and then hits the corner route. You got the fullback. I believe Kari Blasting game was in the, the, the shallow portion of the route concept. So you're rolling and you see five yards ahead of you. I got, I got a fullback. Oh, wait a minute. I got Equinemius St. Brown in the corner route and he's uncovered. By the way, the Getsy call was so good against that defense. You had the drag route that was open, the crossing route that was open, and he talked about it. He said, I looked to my second, I, my second look was the crossing route, and Equinemius St. Brown was the third one. So when we talk about a dude who is now processing at a different speed and a different level and has the recollection to say, oh, by the way, the touchdown wasn't just a good touchdown. I knew that there was two guys open in that situation. So the, the, the computer is, is processing hopefully a little bit faster to go along with those legs and that arm. When he's got a, hey, when this dude, I think, gets a clear mind and a clear control and grasp of what he has to do, not only physically, but along with that, challenging himself mentally with Luke Getze, everything that I thought Justin Fields was supposed to be I hope to see in flashes enough this year that the talent that he doesn't have around him won't override, if that makes any sense. Because the plays will be there. There's going to be at least three or four plays a game where you're like, all right, be Justin Fields. You know, you can't, you can't, the first series of the game when the pocket is collapsing in on you, you got to chalk that up. You know, you got to keep your body language right. You got to keep guys enthused because there's going to be three or four times during a football game where you're going to have to make the play above the play, right? You the X's and O's on the whiteboard, that's fine. But at some point, somebody, you know, the football guys take a big marker and do the squigglies all through it. And now you got to make up for whatever that play was supposed to be. And he did that with the play to Pettis. He did that with the, the, the throw to Equinemius St. Brown. And uh, let's face it, too, the, that moment at the end of that game when they're in victory formation and then they all just go diving into the end zone, depending on how this thing turns out over the next two or three years, that can be an iconic moment. First of all, I think it's an iconic picture as, as is with, with Justin Fields. You know, he's got all the rain on him and he's, he's, you know, he's flexing and he's, you know, he's screaming into the crowd. Like that, you know, the Pittsburgh game last year, that was the moment. To start a season with a moment like that, it, it means something because now they're confident. And if they're working hard and they're confident, you can get beat. You can get beat, and they will get beat. <laughs> Please believe that. This ain't no, you know, this ain't no 10, 11 win team. I hope they are, but I don't think they are. And if it comes back that they won 11, 10 games, then damn it, Matt Eberflus is a better coach than anybody would have reckoned, and Luke Getze is out of here, out of here. Like right now, he's just out of here. <laughs> but if they win 11 games, he's out of here, out of here. He, I'm talking about getting hired, you know, Super Bowl, you know, week before the Super Bowl out of here type vibes, right? But for whatever this team is or is not, I think we saw the template of the kind of football that they have to play and how close to the margins they have to play at because of the lack of talent. And Eddie Jackson, let me tell you something. Shout out to Resiliency. Because that, that, that handoff to Debo Samuel with a full head of steam at the goal line, putting his head down, yeah, buddy, 
Eddie Jackson got some of that Freddie Jackson, Chris Conti love right there, boy. Remember when, remember when Freddie Jackson stiff arm Chris Conti into another atmosphere, into another, <laughs> into another dimension, you know, took his soul right there on TV uh, for us a few years? Chris Conti. Remember about five, six years ago when, when Chris Conti got the <laughs> got his life snatched from from him? Oh, that, yeah. like, that was yeah. uh, that <laughs> listen. You diagnose that a little bit quicker, Eddie. That, that thing looks and feels a lot different. <laughs> and then what did he do? He came back and made a really good tackle on the other side of the line of scrimmage, was really physical in diagnosing a run play, and he had an interception. Trey Lance was like, hey, I'll see your team meeting throw, Justin Fields, and I'll raise you one. Like, that's what you need to see out of this secondary because Kendallville door is still, you know, shaky at best over there. You got, you got Johnson, you got Gordon, you got Brisker, and you got Eddie Jackson, maybe. But I like what I saw. I like what I saw out there. And shout out to all the Bears fans who were out there raising hell, getting wet, all the 49ers fans. The, the pictures and videos of 49ers fans experiencing uh, like the, the Soldier Field water runoff right into some of the seats looking like a, like a waterfall hitting them. Like there was, there was a video of one dude holding a popcorn bucket and just catching buckets of water. And I'm like, God damn, you all, y'all love some NFL football, don't you? <laughs> Better than what? me. What? They are better people than me. Well, you kidding me? Yeah. I, I stick my finger outside like, yeah, we staying in tonight, y'all. We, <laughs> how about this game on this big-ass TV we got at the crib? Because no, 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 no. You know, it, being cold is one thing. Being too hot is another thing. Being soaking wet for three hours, I can't think of anything more uncomfortable. Like wet socks. Yeah, you know, I don't know if y'all wear draws out there. Y'all going commando for the summer, whatever the case may be. But wet draws, you know, uh, you got to wear a poncho. That poncho, that, the rain is laughing at that shit. Like, mm-mm, you good? <laughs> if you if you comfortable if you comfortable in that space, you might pee on yourself. Ooh, there you go to warm you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. See, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so shout out to all the fans out there just pissing on themselves because they're at the game in bad weather. But, hey, Allen Williams, Jaquan Brisker, Dominique Robinson. Um, I thought Roquan Smith had himself a decent ball game as well. Got half a sack, had a pass defense, got a quarterback hit, got eight or nine tackles, if I'm not mistaken. Like, the Bears defense did what Bears defense has had to do since my childhood which is keep that thing close and hope somebody makes a play on offense. So if this is the newest iteration of Bears football, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I think this season's probably got about four or five more of these in them, right? Where, where we talking about this like this. But if this is the start of a season that people, because, uh, and this is the other thing too. This is, uh, let me make this clear because I heard a lot of this and it's unfortunate. Stop worrying about what national people are saying about your football team. Because all it does is make you sound small townish. This is this is this like I mentioned earlier in the segment. This is the city of broad shoulders. This is the third the third most populated city in the United States of America. So when I hear people 
who have been rooting for the Bears, watching the Bears, observing the Bears for decades. Talk about not getting respect from the national media. And, and I know a lot of it was aimed at our guy, Dominique Foxworth, who, who, by the way, changed his avatar to Justin Fields' celebration, that iconic photo that I think is going to live on for a long time. Yeah. By the way, Dominique, you fucked up. Because now what you've done is open the floodgates to any time. <laughs> like, you're going to be getting... Uh, references and recommendations to what your avatar should be every where's single that, week now. Where's that picture, Dominique? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's wrong? <laughs> of course, it's a smart business strategy too, by the way, right? Like you want people to come and check out your pod and, you know, you're going to have people looking every week to see if your team got disrespected in the pods and then change it in the app. I see what you're doing. It's a smart brother. Smart brother. By the way, check, check out the, uh, the Dominique Foxworth show. Uh, wherever you download your pods, especially on Spotify. But yeah, man, I, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Like I said, this this weekend could have could have been better, and and the the Bears kind of lifted my spirits, man. The Bears did exactly what I would hope they did. They they went out there and and kept it interesting for three quarters, like I thought they would. Little did I know that the 49ers the whole situation would be as haphazard as it seemed. And I think that's a decent word for it because they played in the same weather that the Bears played in and they're more talented than the Bears and their talented players just didn't play up to the opportunity. They Like Debo Samuel, he play, I think he played well, but he fumbled the ball. You know, <laughs> you, you can't have that. You can't, especially against a team... We always say this, yeah. and, uh, you know, I don't want, well, I don't give a damn if they get mad. Um, a confident bum is a dangerous bum, man. <laughs> like, like it, you know, you, you see him out here. Like, if, if you keep, if you let a team hang around, all of a sudden third quarter comes around, it's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm just as good as Nick Bosa, or I'm just as good as Fred Warner. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm pushing around Mike McGlinchey, you know? Like, these are the things that, that a lot of those Bears players were thinking, and they, as they should, because football is a man's game, and if you're not going out there thinking that you're the best, you're going to fuck around and get hurt. You're going to mess around and not make plays. So I'm not saying that the Bears should have thought that they were the lesser team, but they, they stood toe-to-toe with a team that was in the NFC Championship last year. Now, the biggest difference, obviously, is the quarterback position. But there's a lot of people that was picking the 49ers to be like a dark horse NFC contender as well this year. Kyle Shanahan finally got the guy under center that he thought could make the plays that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't make. I think Trey Lance got some nice tools, man. I do. I just got to let go of the ball. Got to let go of the pill, dog. And anytime his, his footwork was off, passes were errant, right? So, um, amongst chaos, you have to stay disciplined. It's the same thing with Justin Fields. Like, if you look at Justin Fields' stat line, it's not going to wow you as an 8 for 17, something like that, 121 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. His quarterback rating is an 88 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he, you know, the Q, uh, QB, QBR, I should say. His QBR was high. So, but he made plays, especially late in the game when he had to. But the Bears now take it back to the drawing board. What they have to do is figure out what's going on with their run game with David Montgomery in the game as opposed to Khalil Herbert in the game. What they have to do is figure out a way to get Darnell Mooney schemed up. What they have to do is figure out a way to get Cole Komet 
uh, I don't know, to something. Yeah, to do something. something. Yeah, like because if you got to count on Byron Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown, like, <laughs> your second second round pick out of Notre Dame should be in line making plays. Like Kyle Griffin has made more plays, you know, since he's been a part of this thing preseason going on than than I think Cole Komet has, and I think Cole Komet is a talented cat. So you got to get something out of the tight end position. You're probably going to have to start helping a little bit on that left side. Make sure Braxton Jones gets not only his technique, his fundamentals down, but also more reps. You you thrown right into the fire. Go protect the franchise quarterback against against Nick Bosa, (laughs) against Eric Armstead, against some of the best players in the NFL. So there there are definitely things to work on. Definitely things to work on. But that defense and Allen Williams, hold the, they should hold their heads high this week. If they walking around the city and, and hopping into a local restaurant or hopping into a local bar, hey, they can walk around with their chest puffed out the same way that Bears fans will be walking around this year. Well, I should say this week because <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be a year-long thing where the chests are going to be poked out. But this is, a, this is a nice win. It's a nice win. I thought this team was going to lose late. I thought this team was going to find a way to get out talented or just just not have that closing mentality and they they held it down they played good defense they played decent enough situational football they weren't in too many third and longs right cuz that play sheet gets a lot smaller when you when you're not on a schedule and the times they were in third and long they ended it with a kick so i'm cool with what i saw i'm happy with what i saw this is a different city when this team gets a win. Monday is going to be fun to hear the, the, the blowback of, you know, the, the people who are hanging out with this pod and the people who are writing about this team, the people who are calling Sports Talk Radio. Don't get too crazy, though. Don't get too crazy because Green Bay is going to be upset. Now, I don't know how much their upsetness will, will change the fact that they don't have a wide receiver who can either catch the ball or get open. They look <laughs> like trash. Duh, they are fucking <laughs> horrible. And they were bad the first week of last year, too, by the way, if we go back to it, right? So, you know, I was listening to Dominique Foxworth talk about, like, you know, react, but don't overreact to week one. But, woo, doggies. Aaron Rodgers looked around like, yeah, Devontae Adams ain't walking through that door. Randall Cobb is 94 years old, right? Christian Watson made a couple of big mistakes very early, and they had to get him an end around to kind of get his, uh, his, his confidence up. And by that time, game was over. That Minnesota, I'm, hey, that Minnesota Vikings team is going to win this division. I've been saying that since, since, you know, preseason. That Vikings team, Kevin O'Connell got a little something. Justin Jefferson... Being on the move and having a, a, a you know a different look, yeah. Try to guard Justin Jefferson when he's in the slot in motion. The Vikings were one of the worst. Well, when they 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 put people in motion the least. I think it was 29th in the NFL last year. There were 70 snaps where they had somebody in motion. Like Kevin O'Connell is going to find out where that mismatch is because they have 18, and and as long as. Listen, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me about Cooper Cup and and all these other dudes and the old heads who are now still doing it, right? And and, Julio Jones down there in Tampa Bay and A.J. Brown went crazy for the Philadelphia Eagles. Those two dudes 
one in your division and the other one in Cincinnati, that's the future of the position. Big, tall, strong, can play all three positions. You can put him right. You can put him in split in. You can put him in flanker. You can put him in the slot. You can put a, you can put him in the backfield. It was a couple of plays where where Justin Jefferson started out in the backfield and motioned out to the slot just so they could see the man's own look. But if you're a linebacker and you're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be guarding the the running back and 18 is the running back for some reason. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings gonna put up some points. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that team is. But yeah, they they put it on the, the, the Packers the way they were supposed to. So now the Packers will be motivated. They'll be more focused. They'll be more disciplined going through their week. I don't know if that's going to change the fact that Darren Rodgers ain't got nobody to catch the damn ball. But I'm not going to go 2-0 on you. But I think things will be interesting. As long as Allen Williams has that defense playing disciplined, smart football, and there wasn't a lot of blitzing. They were getting there with four. They were getting there with four down linemen. And Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson, hell, Robert Quinn got his hands on, you know, there was one play, I will say, where Trey Lance did exactly what you see when you see these quarterback camps and guys climbing the ladder up the pocket. Robert Quinn, is a game of inches, right? Robert Quinn swipes at the ball. Trey Lance has it high and tight, steps up in the pocket, delivers a strike. Like, there were things there. But the Bears were... Bears were around Trey Lance. They made it. They made it uncomfortable. I believe they only hit him four or five times, but the pressures were there. If you can get pressure with four and don't have to commit another linebacker, don't have to commit a slot corner, don't have to commit a safety to the line of scrimmage. If you can just sit back there and base defense, hell, the Legion of Boom for all those years, it, they were a terrific team, physical defense, great players. But the real secret to that success and and, and that Pete Carroll defense was they just lined up for. Four three, this is where we are. You can run, guys, to that side, that side. We man lock. <laughs> Richard Sherman gonna guard whoever's on this side. Cam Chance is gonna come down and knock whoever's head off that he needs to knock off. You know, Bobby Wagner is gonna go sideline to sideline. A four three base principle defense where you don't have to blitz every single down and you don't have to be too exotic is just as dangerous and hard to prepare for as the defense that just sits there. And brings everybody. It's just as hard. Because pre-snap, you're seeing the same look. And that's all you want is a quarterback to see the same look and not know what the hell is going on back there. So, I'm enthused. The Bears go from what I thought was one talented defensive coordinator in Sean Desai to another one in Allen Williams. So far. So far. And shout out to Matt Eberflus for allowing a guy to run a defense that he's presiding over as a defensive coach. Taking that ego out of it. What we saw in Matt Nagy for three years was, hey, this is my offense. Hey, play caller, offensive coordinator. By the way, this is my offense. No, you're the CEO of the squad now. That's his offense. Let him play. I mean, I let him call the plays, I should say. It seems as if Matt Eberflus is secure enough in his position and understands the delegation responsibilities that a head coach has to have more so than putting his thumb on guys all the time and and, and trying to um, influence things at a rate that an offensive coordinator would instead of a head coach. So I'm enthused. I'm enthused. Bears fans, I think you should be enthused as well because I don't know how many more of these you're going to be able to get away with, to be honest with you. I don't know how many times that you're going to 
be playing in a monsoon <laughs> against a essentially what is a rookie quarterback uh, whose starting tailback goes down with an injury and then has to start running the football with the wide receiver. Like, I don't know how many ways that's going to play, right? I don't know how many times that's going to occur, but you took advantage of the time that it occurred now. Time for some commercials. Connect with the show 24-7 on the Full Gold voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. All right, we threw open the voicemail line. It's always open for you here at the Full Gold. 773-359-3103. It is a happy Sunday night for all Bears fans because the Bears are 1-0, sitting atop the NFC North Division after going up against the San Francisco 49ers, Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan and the boys. So this is what you had to say. Let's run them. Well, I got to do it and thank one Mr. Jason Goff because, as you know, I took a few years off. The last few years of Cuddy, Mike Fox rolled into town. I said, I'm good. I'm going to take a break from the Bears, and I didn't watch any games. And then I thought, you know what, maybe it's time to skip this GM, and I'll skip this GM, and, you know, I'll come back in four or five years. But you know what, Jay? You talked to me. You got me convinced about this Eberflus guy. You got me excited about this offense. And, yes, I know that this is probably just one of those games where it's the Soldier Field turf, and it's going to get a pass because of the rain, and now we got the bare-weather people coming out out of the woodwork, and they're going to talk about how great bare weather is. They're going to talk about Eberflus and what a genius this is. And, yes, they didn't have George Kittle, who is their best player in the game. And, of course, this is going to be the kind of thing that keeps us from getting the top pick. But you know what? I'm glad I watched. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you, Q. Yeah, man, you know, it's weird because we are in a city who obviously clamors for championships and there's a certain expectation. But also, there's supposed to be a certain amount of fun there too. And being a fan at the beginning stages of something, I think is some of the most fun that you can have. Because by the time something gets going, I'm not saying that this thing is going to get going, like the Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus regime is going to yield Super Bowl trip after Super Bowl trip, or this is going to be some sustainable dynasty. I hope it is. Don't get me wrong. I hope it is because, as you know, you want, you want to see this city turn upside down. Start talking about NFC Championship games and Super Bowls and, and you know, the way 49ers fans have talked about it the last few years. But there are incremental steps to be happy about. And it's okay to be happy about the small steps. Like, this game was a small step for this team. This team needed a win to feel good about itself, especially with the amount of youth on this squad, especially with the amount of turnover. Like, Matt Eberflus got the perfect situation. He got a win in a game full of teachable moments. He got a win that, that says, hey, this hits principle and all this shit I've been talking to y'all about, look what happens when y'all do it. And by the way, I'm going to be on y'all ass for, you know, missing extra points and missing tackles and not running right, the right routes and, and, and getting, you know, your doors blown off in the first few series on the offensive line by a defense that's superior. The incremental steps are supposed to be fun. So, you know, I know we're all championship or bust and it makes people feel good to say that type of shit into a microphone or say that type of shit to their friends across the country. But the, the incremental steps should count. And once you take some of those steps, you should feel good about it. This is one of those steps where it's like, okay, I see the compete level. It's kind of like back in the day where 
If I had AP or honors classes and I got C's in them, I would tell my mom that's an A in a regular class. And she would say, shut your ass up and get your ass back in them books. I don't want to hear no dumb shit like that again. You think because I'm not from this country, you could bamboozle me. I'm not stupid, you little idiot. Now go back into the room. She didn't say all of that, but that's how it felt when she was talking to me like that. Like you set a certain standard and you get held to it. Right? If you can do the AP work, if you can do the honors work, well then damn it, you showed me. The bo- the Bears showed me that they can compete. The Bears showed me that they're going to compete. Now, they, they are going to get out-talented. <laughs> there, there are going to be games where it's like, yeah, they, they're, their Jimmys and Joes are better than ours. Simple as that. But for the games where the talent maybe isn't that sizable of a gap, or the try-hard, the effort, the hustle, all that other stuff, you know, the hits principle, that stuff kind of neutralizes it. That, that stuff makes other teams play down because they're like, wait a minute, these dudes are bums. Well, how are they still in this game? It's the third quarter. Like that compete level you saw in the preseason, you heard about in training camp, you heard about in minicamp. Hell, the people who were reporting on this team talked about the intensity and how fast they were going and the drills and how many reps they were trying to get in because of the limited time that the CBA allows you just in pads, period. They had a lot to install. Like, that's the other thing. That's why I'm harping on this defense. Going from a 34 front to a 43 front is huge. Now, I know they're in sub-package most of the time, but having, having to change body types, having to change techniques, because you can't just turn over a roster and be like, here's 30 new defensive players who fit into a 43 front. No, you got to take Travis Gibson. You got to take dudes and say, hey, by the way, I know, you, I know you didn't rush a lot with your hand on the ground, but this is how you do it. This is what we need you to do. This is the run responsibility that you have, outside shoulder stuff. Like, you're not going to have an outside linebacker who's 270 pounds, you know, guarding your flank and, and making sure that your contain is, 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 is you know, uh, held in check. No, your outside shoulder is going to have to, you know, be free. You're, you're going to have to make sure you are the contain. And that's the thing. I didn't see a lot of undisciplined moments in the transitional period, which is the first game. We didn't see a whole bunch of, oh, my God, where is he? Now, there was a moment. There was a moment. Jaquan Brisker, Roquan Smith, another drag concept. Tight end, gets free. Jaquan Brisker is in the picture. You see Roquan Smith pointing, ball's already in the air. Those are the things that are going to have to get ironed out. But the incremental steps that this Bears defense and this Bears offense should take, they've shown you, all right, they're listening to the coaching. There's a certain amount of discipline and there's a certain amount of hustle that will cover up some of those moments where you're not sure. If you're not sure, make an aggressive mistake. And the Bears did that today. I, I, I can't ask for much more. All right, let's get to the final call on the voicemail. What's happening? Hey, Carl, this is Larry from Orlando. It's been a long time since I've called. I usually only call during the Bears season, occasionally during the bowl season. I just want to say that was a good win. That was something that we needed to do. They're a good team, and if we were going to get a good team, it had to be early. I got no, I got no illusions that we are going to win more than six six games. However, that's the type of shit I'm talking about. We had three penalties to their twelve penalties. Like we were a disciplined team, and we just kept coming. That first last year, that first half, if we were the same team as last year, we'd have we got blown.
excited. Our old line actually looked better in that second half. I can't explain it, but man, we just that that's the type of that that's the type of things you can build on. Like that that's what we needed to do. And and I love Fields and I wanted to be that dude. And big reason is because he just he has that confidence. He he threw that one before his first touchdown. It looked like that was about to be a pick. It was a terrible throw. And they turned around and threw it right to Dante Pettis. So, um, like I said, I'm a, I'm a I'm a realistic Bears fan. I don't think we're going to do shit this year. But I got to say, it was nice to see him come out there and just keep coming and play ball like tough, hard nosed ball. All right, keep doing what you're doing. Love the pod. Thank you. My main man, Larry in Orlando. Appreciate you, Larry. Yeah, I mean that sums it up. It, you you, you want to see some of the moments from your quarterback that you saw. You want to see this defense play hard, play fast, play physical. You saw that. You got that. You want to see the rookie class do something. Ryan Poles' first class played their ass off today. Kyler Gordon played well. Jaquan Brisker played well. Dominique Robinson played well. You started a left tackle from Southern Utah against Nick Bosa, and your quarterback isn't on crutches. <laughs> like, hey, bravo. Week one, 2022. Bears draft class. I, I there's there aren't a bunch of things where I'm like ah this is nah the things that I expected to go wrong went wrong. This offensive line is is not that good. But guess what? In the second half, they played as a unit. They got more physical. They ran the football. Khalil Herbert, you know, when you have a running back hitting the line of scrimmage the way that Khalil Herbert was, you you damn right them big dudes going to play with a little bit more oomph, play with a little bit more confidence, play with a little bit more nasty. Lucas Patrick was out there doing some shit after the whistle. I'm like, okay, let's get it. Like, I'm, I'm happy that there's bully ball back as opposed to just catching people for the last three years in the Matt Nagy offense. Just catch people all game long as an offensive line. No, get out there and move something. You got a fullback on the roster, get out there and move something. I'll take two yards of carry for 10, 12 carries if I know that in the second half it's going to turn into four and five and six-yard chunks, and that's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. There isn't a lot of mystery to how the Bears are going to have to win games this year. Not at all. <laughs> there, there's not going to be a whole bunch of 41 to 20 games where the Bears' offense is riding high and the Bears' defense is just taking the ball away left and right. And they did this, by the way, without Bayless Jones. Like, they're... Their gadget kind of guy who they drafted, you know, older rookie, 25 years old. But that's another piece that I'm looking forward to seeing being implemented. Like I mentioned, Equinemia St. Brown out there being physical at the wide receiver position. Also got a touchdown. Like he's one of the players of the game. You know, Khalil Herbert did his thing. Played really, really well. You know, Darnell Mooney, got to get him schemed up. Got to get him open. Three targets ain't enough. One catch for eight yards ain't enough. It's not. I don't want to hear how much attention he's getting and all that. No, 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 no. This, this is what happens. This is what happens when you're no longer the surprise. You know, when you, when you earn the top of a scouting report, this is what happens. This is the newfound uh, attention that, <laughs> that he, he's wanted. Well, he's got it now. Got to get him open. Got to see that that symmetry and synergy that you saw between he and Justin Fields last year when Allen Robinson wasn't getting open and things weren't clicking the way they were supposed to, he found Darnell Mooney. This game, you know, first half, it was hard for him to stay upright a whole lot, especially those first two series. 
but got to get that weapon out there and be, you got to use them. I, I, you know, a bubble screen ain't going to do it. <laughs> I want to see Darnell Mooney in the intermediate to deep passing game. But then again, got to be able to block it. So the formula, I think, is evident for the Chicago Bears going forward this year. And we'll see how they adjust to injuries because we all know they're inevitable in the NFL. And when we start to see the middle and bottom tiers of this roster, that's when I think the struggles will happen. But until then, you got Green Bay in week two. Looking forward to it. Want to thank everybody for hollering at us on the voicemail line. Make sure you keep that contact close and near and dear to your heart. 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. The Full Goal voicemail line. Appreciate y'all submissions. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for episode 149 of the Full Go podcast. I believe it's 149, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I've got the thumbs up from my man, Jesse Lopez. I want to thank Jesse for being here during this tough time. Uh, you know, 49ers fans, I don't know, like, what kind of fan base they have in terms of, like, how angry they get, but, you know, NFL fans get angry all the time about anything. So I want to thank our guy, Jesse Lopez, for... All the fans know, are getting flagged as we speak right now. So <laughs> <that's happening. laughs> right, right. Those are penalties 13, 14, and 15 have already happened here on this podcast. So I want to thank our guy, the active Jesse Lopez, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. I really think Steve Cerruti is... Uh, throwing his voice and doing a very good brother impersonation and just calling in as Larry from Orlando. I got to be honest with you, but we always appreciate <laughs> the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. That's our main man, 50 Grand. And speaking of our main man, Tony Gill. Ladies and gentlemen, we are drawing closer and closer to the nuptials. My man, Tony Gill, always present always aware, always doing what he has to do for the pod. Speaking of doing what they got to do, we want to thank you for downloading this thing, for subscribing to it, for rating and reviewing it. We appreciate all your ratings and we appreciate all your reviews. I uh, I will not read any of them. I, I just see that that star rating is at 4.9. So I'm a pretty good Uber driver right now. If it starts to dip around 4.7, then I'm going to jump into those reviews and see what the hell y'all been saying out there. But I appreciate y'all rating and reviewing this show. Thank you for sharing it with your family and friends. Whoever you share with, we truly appreciate you. Y'all go out there and have a good week, all right? Uh, you know, we are recording here on a Sunday night. Y'all probably be listening to this thing early Monday morning or Monday afternoon when you're running around in your Bears, you know, spring jackets or Letterman jackets or parkas, whatever the hell you want to wear, because I know all of the Bears gear is going to be out tomorrow as people are walking these city streets. And as you do that, always remember the Full Go Podcast is telling you to do a couple of things, y'all. Take care of each other and be safe. We will holler at y'all on Tuesday with more Bears reaction. We'll, uh, we'll start to look forward to the Green Bay game, a uh, Sunday night football game, and we all know how the Bears fare on primetime television, so we'll chop that up with you and, and have all the voicemails for you as well. If you want to jump in on the voicemail line, 773-359-3103. Once again, we appreciate y'all for listening to the podcast.